about as strong as a take as you can say of before whatever precedes the I am. It's about as strong of a take as you can make, as strong of a saying as you could say for what is preceding that I am. If I said I am a great basketball player, I better be a great basketball player. <laughs> I'm never going to say that. If I say I am a great softball player, I better be a great softball player. I'm never going to say that. If I say I am a father, that is true. I am a son, that is true. So Jesus says in incredible terms here in verse 25, chapter 11, he says, I am the resurrection. You know what an I am statement is? It's a statement that goes on forever. He didn't say I was or I'm going to be. He said it's a forever thing. I am. You can take that saying to the bank right now and say and still say Jesus I am in your life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And what and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he puts it all together. And he looks back at them in their deepest sorrow and deepest need of their life. And he says, do you believe this? Believest thou this? Jesus has come to this room here this morning and he is speaking to many men and women in this place and saying, I still am in your life. But then he's tagging that with a question and saying, but do you believe? Do you believe it? you here this morning, you may be seated in Jesus' name. Faith, faith is always easier to exercise in the abstract than in the moment of our great need. Faith is great to talk about, and someone can proclaim great faith. They can especially proclaim great faith when they are not going through a struggle or a trial. But what about the times that you feel life has launched you at 80 miles an hour? Pretty much everything that you once had in your control is now out of your control. Most of us like to know what we will face in that day is to come. We want to know the steps we need to take to overcome it. We like having things in our control. But sometimes there are moments in life and in this Christian walk that cannot be explained. It cannot be rationalized. I will not try to rationalize it. It cannot be rationalized with the human imagination. It cannot be explained by any preacher or pastor. It cannot. There are things that happen in this life physically and emotionally scar us and we cannot explain or give you an answer to why those things happened in your life 
But all we can simply do is trust. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. In another version of the Bible it says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. See, there is a difference between trust and faith in our life. Faith has been called the substance of hope, which I believe. It requires no evidence for belief nor practice. It is simple faith. Faith is not built on evidence, but by knowing that it will happen and work out because it's truly what God has said. Trust is largely based on evidence that's real according to the senses and to the human reasoning. You can see it and you can trust that it will happen because it's in front of you and you trust in the process. We need both faith and trust in serving God. We need trust whenever we see something in front of us in the process that the process will fulfill itself and it will happen. But we also need faith when there is no human reasoning behind it, when there is no uh, human imagination to how it's going to happen or why it's going to happen, but we just have faith in God that if He said it, He will do it. Trust is trusting that God will supply all of your needs. When we give, we put trust in God that when we give, He is going to give back to us. He is going to entrust with us a financial blessing when we give to God. But we also have faith that even when that financial blessing doesn't come in on time, we still have faith and we trust the process. <laughs> Jeremiah says this, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Psalm 56 and 3 says, What time I am afraid... I will trust in thee. You need trust and faith while serving God. But the moments that seem to be going sideways in your life are tough. But in those moments, as I've said, faith is more important than ever. Simple faith caused people to be healed by Jesus while he walked on this earth. It was a simple faith. And a trust that whenever that lady with that, that, that issue of blood reached out and touched Jesus' as hem of his garment. She had simple faith that when she touched the hem of his garment that she would be healed. And Jesus looks at her and says, by your faith you are healed. What does 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 say, say, say? It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And so it's not always by trust and what you see, but it's also by walking in faith what you don't see, but you still believe. That's what was happening that day as John recorded a terrible situation where Jesus asked for faith more than trust because the situation looked terrible. Mary and Martha wept near the tomb of their beloved brother. They were scared and confused. They were quite sure if Jesus had been there before Lazarus, Lazarus has pa had passed, things would have been different. He could have 
but doubted that he could be? Are you looking at what it has have was a have been in your life? Or are looking at are you looking at what you can be in your life? Are you looking at the past of what what has happened or could it have happened and you are so worried about the past and, and what you have or you haven't done that you're missing the present and, and you're missing the could be, the I'm back in your life, the future of what is in your life? Are you so worried about your past that you're missing what is going to be and the resurrection that is going to take place in your life? Jesus could have been, but they doubted that he could be. They said you could have been but they doubted that he could be I'm here to tell somebody here this morning at firstborn you've been doubting God because you thought he could have been and you had faith in the could have been but you missed it that you thought in the could have been and now you're so worried about the could have be that you have no faith that he could be I'm here to tell you once again this morning it's time to get the I'm back in your spirit and stop worrying about the could have been and start believing and trusting and having faith in what you can be. Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to heal their brother, but what now? They were hanging onto a small branch on the side of the cliff, looking at the bottom as death was all around them. How could they? How could Jesus help them now? How could they experience His resurrection power? They believed that while He was yet sick, Jesus could raise Him up. But and Jesus understood their thinking of Mary and Martha that day because when He came in, He didn't say, "I'm going to go resurrect your brother. I'm going to go and heal him and breathe life." back into him but he looked at them and he said it's all about your faith and your trust he says I want to tell you once again Mary and Martha I am the resurrection I am the life Mary Martha you forgot who I was and who I am and who I will be my Lord my Lord my Lord he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And if you just believe in me, if you believe in me, though you were dead, oh, yet shall you live. They got it all wrong and they thought, oh, yeah, that's right, Jesus. We believe in you. We know that one day you will resurrect him. You will, you will resurrect him from that grave someday. But it won't be today. Am I talking to someone here this morning? That you come to church here this morning. And you come not for a resurrection. But you come just to try to make it through another day. You came in belief in your life. That you will always have this problem. That you will always have this. And, uh, that you will always have this haunting you and following you in your life and there has been no resurrection spirit in your life and you're looking at Jesus and saying one day Jesus one day you will resurrect me but it's not today why are you putting a cap on Jesus why are you putting a cap on the man who walked on the water the man who gave sight to the
the blind, the man who opened up deaf ears, the man who brought life back into the bones, even in the Old Testament of the prophets. There, the life of the bones of the, those that hit the prophets. Why are you doing that in your life? Stop worrying about who you, what he will resurrect in your future and start worrying about what he will resurrect in your life today. Lord, I feel a pushback. I feel a pushback today. I feel a pushback in my spirit. There's some folks here today you don't believe that you can be resurrected in this place. The devil has you so confused. The devil has your family so confused. The devil has you so confused in your life that he's made you start to believe that one day you'll get out of the problem, but it's not going to be today. He's made you believe that when you come on Easter Sunday, you'll be able to be resurrected from the problem. But there is a Savior that has stepped in the room here this morning, and he's saying, look at me. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Devil, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it a little bit more. I'm gonna say it a little devil, you are a liar. There, I'm telling you, I felt spiritual warfare happening in this church. There is spiritual warfare happening in this church. Why? Because revival has broken out in this church. And when revival breaks out, right behind it and right beside it is spiritual warfare. Every single, every single time when God starts moving, the devil starts recognizing and starts seeing. The devil has tried to get inside of your family this week. Oh my God, he's tried to get inside. Young person, there's a young person sitting here today and the devil has tried to get inside of you. He's followed you to school. He's followed you back home. He said you're worthless. It's time to get up and say, devil, you are a liar. There's a resurrection that's going to happen this morning. I'm leaving room for Jesus who says I am. I am. I got 45 minutes worth of a sermon. I'm not going to do it. Simple answer to every problem in this place. It's not hard. I'm telling you, it's not hard. It's a one-word answer. Jesus asked it to Mary and Martha. He said, believe. Belief is the first thing you have to do to be saved. You say, oh, now you're going to be saying, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Well, that's what the scripture says, doesn't it? The first step is you got to believe. Believe.
but it's hard to believe that silence is deafening. How can silence be so deafening? Jesus came to a place that they had four days of empty hopes, four days of empty dreams, four days of sorrow and asking why, four days of thinking, if Jesus would have just been here, if Jesus would have just been here when Lazarus was on his deathbed, if Jesus would have just been there, if Jesus could have just come uh, four days ago, we sent him a letter, we sent him a message, we told him we needed him. We told him that his best friend is not just anybody, it's his friend is dying. Some of y'all wrote Jesus a letter a long time ago and said, you know I'm dying, Jesus. You've sent it by carrier pigeon. You said, you know I'm dying. Where are you at? That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. Jesus loves. Get this. Jesus hears their crying. He hears their weeping shortest verse in the King James Bible. And he says, Jesus wept. Because that's what Jesus does. Don't you know we have a, a great high priest, it says in Hebrews. <laughs> Don't you understand? We got a great high priest that's greater than than Aaron, it's, it's, he's greater than Moses, he's, he's greater, he's the high priest, and he understands our feelings, Jesus felt the sorrow, he felt the pain, and what does Jesus do, he starts crying himself, my goodness, I've stood at castings, I've stood with people who their life has just, my God, it's gone crazy. I've sat in living rooms with folks and, and their kids are run away from home and they're crying and they're saying, what do we do? And, and I, I, don't have, I don't have any words. I, I've never been through any of this. I, I, I don't know what to say. And, and so you know what I do? what Jesus does that's what Jesus does that's what Jesus does
What if Jesus was grieving not only with them, but he was grieving because of death itself? Maybe Jesus went all the way back to the book of Genesis, all the way back to creation when he set things in order. He set Adam and Eve in the garden. And he said, Adam and Eve, you have a perfect place to live. It's a perfect world. Everything is perfect. And then he remembered the choice that Adam and Eve made. Maybe he went all the way back to the choice of Adam and Eve. And he was grieving because of the choice they made. And because he had to confront death because of it. He stepped in front of that tomb. told you. You believe it. Here's what you need. Here's what you need to do. You need to go roll that stone back. And you need to put faith and confidence that I truly am the resurrection. Mary and Martha had to take the greatest leap, the greatest chance ever in their life to roll back the stone of a man who stinks. Some of you just need to accept that you have stank. Some of y'all need to accept that the sins you have committed, they stink. You've tried to cover it up by yourself. You've tried to roll a stone in front of the stink. You want to say, I'm back. Stone away and accept the stink. Because when you do, the resurrector will come and say, What once was stank is not going to stink. Because I'm more than the resurrection, I'm also the life. I can resurrect you, but I can also put life back into you. And who you once were, you can be again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can we all stand here this morning? I'm calling out to you here this morning. You've had a lot of stink in your life. You've had a lot of problems and issues. You've tried covering it up. You haven't had the faith like you should. You haven't even had trust like you should. But today is different. Today is your day. Today is the day of resurrection in your life. Don't wait till Easter Sunday when we celebrate Jesus coming out of that tomb on the resurrection morning. But let today, the man who said, I am the resurrection and the life, put your belief in him. These altars are open here this morning. Will you come? Will you come? You say, well, people will will look at me weird like I'm a sinner. Well, guess what? We're all sinners. If someone looks bad at you, they need to check their spirit. You say, that's harsh, Pastor. Uh, Well, okay. (laughs) Okay. 
Will you come and make your way down to an altar here this morning? I'm calling upon those that want to be resurrected in their life. Those that want to put, a, I'm coming back out of this grave. Those that say, I have faith in you, Jesus. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, that's it. Come on, all around this place. Come on, will you come? Some of y'all haven't come to the altar in a long time. Come on, come to the altar this morning. Come to the place of deliverance. Come to the place of healing. Come to the place where the resurrection can happen. He's calling after you here this morning and saying, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Oh, yes, that's what Jesus does. That, come on, that's it. Oh, that's it, yes. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. Come on, that's it. Right out to God all over the resurrection in this place. A resurrection spirit. Help us to have faith and confidence and trust in you. Help us to know that you truly are. You am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. And why? That's what Jesus does. Oh, that's what Jesus does. That's what
Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus there. Almost the point is when Jesus was resurrected. Jesus said, Mary, almost like she wasn't even looking. Scripture says she turned herself. She looked at him. She saw it was Jesus. When they rolled away that stone and when Lazarus was resurrected, weeping turned to rejoicing. What they were weeping had gone away because resurrection had taken place. And so when you leave here this morning, don't leave here weeping. Don't leave here saying, oh me, oh my, I felt it in there, but I don't believe it out here. No, raise up your head and look at the face of Jesus. And he's saying, don't weep any longer. Because I am resurrecting you and bringing life to you even every day that you walk. And you might not be exactly where you want to be today. 
But if you continue walking in the path that I have set for you, that resurrection that was good on that Sunday morning is the resurrection that is still good on Sunday night and still good on Monday morning. The life that was good and during the morning service is still the life that is good on a Tuesday morning coming out of bed. Don't weep any longer. Rejoice because God has heard your cry. He has cried with you. He has sympathized with you. But now, in this moment, He has brought you out. Stop going back to where He's brought you out. Stop putting the grave clothes back on of where He's brought you out. Those that the Son has set free, they are free indeed. You are free to run. You are free to have joy. You are free to have peace. You're free. You can go out of here saying I am